0: Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench, and this is Season 2, Episode 16, coming to you in our confines, uh, COVID-19 studios, and uh, we are all isolated, as we usually are, but now we're forced to be isolated, of course, but uh, everyone's here tonight. Scott, down there in Newton, how you doing? It's going good. How you guys doing tonight? No complaints. Nothing like snow on Easter.
1: Yeah, it's it was a uh, seventy seven and then it's thirty all of a sudden, real quick.
0: I know. A week ago we were walking around the lake in shorts and a t shirt and Yeah. Now we're stuck inside for a week, but it's all good.
2: Gotta love springtime in Iowa. You do. Did, did you get a lot of snow? No. Just some ice. Did did you see what like the Armstrong ringstead area got? Yeah. Yeah. Inches of snow. Okaboji got hit bad.
1: Nuts. I saw South Dakota, a couple of guys from South Dakota I know sent me pictures and they had tons of snow in their backyard off their porch. I was like, geez. Yeah.
3: yeah. Ours is, go coming. Out. Earth is well, coming this week. We're supposed to get one to three inches like Thursday. I
0: yeah, I think it's, uh, it's on its way. Yep. But it's not going to last long. We can be positive about that. That's right. We'll take it. Well, hey, we're going to dive right in and uh, got a, a big podcast, big show tonight. We're excited about it and uh, look forward to it. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Hometown Ticketing. Uh, are you an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? You know, there's going to come a time we're going to go back, the stress is going to hit again. Well, we got a way for you to be less stressful. And looking for a way to improve your fan experience at your games? Well, take a look at our friends at Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that takes place directly on your website. They don't have to create an account, remember password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is it's not going to cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. So own your ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports and the official sponsor of Beyond the Bench. So visit www.hometownticketing.com. To enroll your school today, that's hometownticketing.com. And, boy, what a time to do that. Right now, it would be a great time to set up a little Zoom call with them and uh, learn more about hometown ticketing. We're signed up. We're on board. We're looking forward to the fall, working with them. So give them a call. Great people to work with, great support, and uh, you won't go wrong with hometown ticketing.
2: Well, speaking of sponsors, Todd. Speaking of. A little bit last week, but we're excited to welcome uh, a, a second sponsor. We'd like to welcome our friends at Gipper um, for joining us here Beyond the Bench and helping bring this podcast out there to everybody. We're looking forward to that partnership with them. You want your athletic program to stand out on social media? Well, now it can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphics to all social media in seconds on any device without needing any design experience. So try Gipper out for free at... <coughs> dot com backslash athletics that's go gipper backslash athletics and man that's a that's a that's like the arms race of the ad world right now uh sports information world with those those social media graphics and gipper is a great company to get engaged with um to make that a little easier uh make your and, and spice that up so give those guys a, a look at gipper i know a few guys use them at this time so
0: yeah have them join us you bet had them for about the last uh, four months. Met them at the National Convention and uh, signed up about a month later. And, boy, it just totally enhanced our social media presence. And uh, working on senior spotlight stuff now with them. And, um, yeah. you know, Scott, Scott's got them too. And, um, Scott, I think you asked them to come up with some of those senior spotlight things, and they got right on it.
1: Yeah, they've been – you know what the nice thing about them is, is like uh, they've been really responsive to – Suggestions, and I've been sending them like, "Hey, can you make something that looks like this?" And then they come up with it. So they've been really responsive, which is nice. And they've added a lot of different things now here for uh, this time during the COVID nineteen pandemic. They've added some things, whether it's notices, um, but the senior spotlights has been a really nice addition. And I know Todd's done them some, and um, that's been nice to to get that out for our student athletes. So
0: it really yes yeah. Yeah, so back to Hometown ticketing, Gipper, and then also our third sponsor coming on is Varsity Bound, and we'll be talking about them in the very near future, but happy to have Varsity Bound supporting me on the bench as well. So thank you to our sponsors. Well, you know, that Gipper intro is a pretty good intro into our guest tonight.
1: Yeah, how did
2: that work it's, out? This is like... I know. What a segue. Holy
1: buckets. I love it. I
2: it. It's only been a season and a half, a year and a half, and we're showing signs of figuring this thing out. Well, <laughs> sometimes you just fall into it. That's the best part. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Our guest tonight, um, man, this takes me back. Uh, Chris Foreman, he's a sports information director at Purdue University. He got quite a story. Uh, but Chris is a former player of mine back in the Manning days. He's a Manning High graduate from Manning, Iowa. Uh, 1994 graduate of Manning, Iowa, and uh, I was coaching there, and uh, just a great, great, well, he's a young man, but he's getting older, Um, but a great (laughs) Great, young man, great family, uh, just uh, mean the world to me. I just, to Deb and I, just a a great part of kind of who we are was Manning, Iowa, and and those kids and the, the families from Manning, so this is a real treat for me personally. So, Chris, welcome to be on the bench. Um, we caught you on some downtime. We've talked for about it for about a year, probably. I contacted you, and uh, this seems to be the perfect time. So welcome, Chris Foreman. What we're going to do here, Chris, I'm just going to let you go. Um, I just want to take have you just take, take us through your journey of where you are right now at Purdue and kind of how you got there and the path you took, and then we'll get into some questions and things like that.
3: Uh, well first off, coach, I want to say thanks for having me. Um, you know, back in the early 90s, you know, you were a huge part of my life. Uh, the basketball team, the football team, everything at Manning was such a huge part of my life and, and what you did for me as a coach and as a teacher was, you know, really instrumental in, in what I've done in my life right now, so um, thank you for that. Um, you know, I started off, obviously went to Manning High School. Um, My dad was the football coach there for 35, 40 years, 35 years, I think. Um, We had moved there, I think, in 1980 um, from Valley, Nebraska. So, you know, I've been to Manny my whole life, Um, junior high, high school, elementary school, everything. Went to Central College out of high school, um, played basketball there for four years, Um, Had ups and downs. Obviously, every college kid does. My first year there was a real struggle just with the whole, you know, on your own freedom, independence kind of thing. Didn't like studying a whole lot and it caught up (laughs) with me pretty quickly. Um, I learned that after my freshman years, sophomore through senior years, um, did really well. So, um, you know, learned, learned how to adjust there. Uh, got a job out of Central in Atlantic, Iowa as the sports editor at the newspaper there. Daily, I needed a job, um, didn't know what to do. So did that for two years, um, enjoyed it, but figured there was a lot more to that than what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a sports writer my whole life. Um, so I had a friend at St. Cloud State University who said, hey, why don't you look at grad school for sports information? I was like, sure, that sounds pretty cool. So I um, was fortunate to get that position, was up there for two years, had a great time, um, worked with a lot of different sports, and it was really uh, really beneficial for my life And that that's, I figured out that's what I wanted to do. Um, from there, I sent out about 75 resumes, um, had two bites on them, hmm. and it was with um, TCU down in Fort Worth and University of Massachusetts in Amherst, Massachusetts. Um, I took the Amherst one or the UMass one because they offered free housing. The only reason I took it. Um, <laughs> working as a you know an intern, that meant everything. So I pay had to pay like thirty three dollars a month for rent. so no brainer took that one. I was fortunate enough my first year there that a person left and they didn't replace them. So I got bumped up. To working with hockey and lacrosse at UMass, which I knew nothing yeah. of the sports being from Iowa, but you know they're That's pretty big sport. sports there. So, um, as an intern, I did that for two years. Um, ran into a rough patch my second year there, in that they hired a new SID sports information director, and they made a decision to hire two people, and there were three of us in the office for interns, and I was the odd man out. Yeah. So I was. Uh, unemployed for about a month and which was very difficult, obviously, um, applied for a job at the Naval Academy and was there for about nine years, got a job there. Um, it was unbelievable, great experience. Um, but there was, there was something about it. I was working in October. I had about eight sports at the Naval Academy, which was a lot. Um, and October was just a terrible month. You had football, soccer, water polo, rifle. Uh, basketball was starting up, women's golf, women's tennis were all my sports and I would write releases until 3 a.m. on rifle results,
1: like
3: who's, <laughs> like who's reading this, no one's reading this, it's not getting me, you know, so um, I was for, I was lucky enough, my coach for basketball at the Naval Academy was Ed DeCellis who was at Penn State um, before he took the Naval Academy job and uh the Purdue job came open in the summer of twenty thirteen and coach DeCellis knew Coach Painter pretty well. Um they're actually pretty good friends in the league and um he gave him my name and you know said, Hey, why don't you, you know, look at this. I looked at it. Um, Coach Painter and I hit it off pretty good. I was the third person to interview, I think. Um got offered the job and took it in August 2013 and I've been here ever since. Um It's kind of interesting, my wife is from Massachusetts. And at the time, we, you know, I said, well, I'm, you know, going to my interview at Purdue. And we were talking, you know, I had applied for jobs and it never got anywhere before until now. And, you know, I said, it's in Lafayette, Indiana. And she thought, or I said, it's Lafayette. And she had thought Lafayette College. So she thought, so you're flying to Pennsylvania? No, it's in Indiana, and she is an East Coast girl, so the the swing to the Midwest was was a little bit difficult from her going from the Chesapeake Bay in the East Coast. But um, we've been here about seven years now, and um, at the first year was a little bit rough um, for all of us, just not knowing, you know, a lot of people out here or whatever. But um, about the last six years here, I've been just outstanding. It's been a great place to work, and really enjoyed. Really enjoyed my time here with it.
0: Well, that's great. And uh, I I just think it's a great story because, you know, in this age of instant gratification, Chris, you have just shown that you you work and you be patient and things line up and things work out, but you've had to work for everything you've gotten. Uh, Covering all those sports at the Naval Academy, and you know, some smaller colleges, I still remember the women's hockey stories from Saint Cloud State that you shared before.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So I mean, but it just—I think it's a—it's a parallel to what you experience, what we try to teach in education-based athletics and activities too, is that you just keep working, you keep grinding, and uh, you know, you've learned that, you live that, obviously with a dad who was a and is a legendary football coach and AD at Manning, just a legend. And, um, uh, so I, I, think your, your life and your path kind of parallel that. So, uh, I just think it's a great story. It, it's kind of funny. Like I look
3: back at a lot of my experiences and it's, you know, you always think, you always think the best thing is going to happen to you is like right in front of you. And like, I applied for, when I was at UMass, I knew I had to get a job eventually, um, because my internship was running out and I applied for a job at Holy Cross, And it was with women's basketball, which nothing against women's basketball, but it's not to me, at least it's not men's basketball, you know, comparing, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, that way, but it's just men's basketball. It's what I grew up watching. I loved it, you know, and um, so I didn't get that job. And then I was at the Naval Academy and the lacrosse SID also had men's basketball and lacrosse at Naval Academy is pretty big. And she made a choice to give up men's basketball and they offered it to the women's basketball SID, the the men's job. And he turned it down because he really liked the women's coach. So then I got the men's basketball job because of it. And I'm like, if none of those things ever happened, you know, where I didn't, if I get that Holy cross job, I'm not in the position I am today. Mm -hmm. And if he takes the, if that gentleman takes the men's basketball job, I'm not in the position I am today. So like, When things happen, you know, it's not always the negative, you know, a negative thing if it doesn't happen. You know, you just got to stay patient and keep grinding, and, you know, your time will come.
0: Exactly. You know, and I mean, it's no lie, when I see Purdue's on, I at least tune in for a while, even if they're not playing the Hawkeyes. But I got (laughs) to see where Chris is always sitting there, and he's cool as a cucumber on his – I know inside he's turning. I know he's turning inside, but – I always got to see him on the on right behind Coach Painter. He's always right there on the yeah. end of this scores table. Yeah. Uh, but I always get to see him on TV, and I like that. That's fun. Yep. Yep. Well, we're gonna play a little. What's up? What's down? Right now, and uh, we're gonna start with the up. And I, I told the guys before we went on that we are we're doing the what's down too. Even though Todd Gordon hasn't been driving around the countryside getting mad at drivers, <laughs> so um, we're gonna do it. And Aaron Stecker, wow, you're we, leading off.
2: Really? Yeah. Here. <sighs> All right. Well, I, I shared this with you guys. Actually, I've, I've had quite a few good things or fun things happen just in, in the last week. But I um, actually got a Facebook message um, from a college buddy of mine uh, to a group of us on. Oh, he must have said it Saturday, maybe Saturday afternoon. Just with this idea of, hey, we haven't caught up in a long time, so I actually had a lot of fun here before we start recording tonight. Um, spent a little over an hour on a Zoom call with a bunch of college buddies from Warburg. Uh, there are eight of us on the Zoom call, and I was telling you guys, I think there's four of them I probably haven't seen um, since the mid-90s. It's been 20-plus 20, 20 years since I've seen some of those guys, so just nice to just catch up um, with those guys, and Chris, like you said, it, it just seemed... It was hard, you know, in the, in the Zoom format, we we're trying to bounce around and, and play Brady Bunch on the grid, but but uh, just fun to, to see those guys again. And, and we're gonna try to do that a couple more times here in the near future and just get caught up. So um, it, I guess the up part of that would be this, we've got time to catch up on some relationships and, and have a chance to do some things we normally don't get to do. Cause what is this? It's, it's a Monday night, it's uh, April 13th. I'd probably be at like a JB two soccer match. Uh-huh. and and that'd be great if I were there, but getting to catch up with somebody's from college and that was kind of fun. Yeah, for sure.
0: And now the cat's out of the bag, Chris on the Brady Bunch screen, you're sitting right by a Wartburg guy.
2: <laughs> hey, now Chris, my wife is a central grad. So does that okay, count? Okay, That's true. That, we'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Well, I guess I'm next. And, um, I'm kind of, you know, what's up for me is really, like you said, uh, if we weren't here, we'd be at a middle school track meet or a a JV volleyball or JV soccer match going on right now, finishing up in the dark. Um, But, you know, as it is, all of the stuff that I think we're being, being able to do now, I spent, you know, before supper, about the last hour, hour and a half making senior graphics, which... I wouldn't have done the senior spotlights had we been in school because we would have done a senior night. Um, as it is, though, you know, we're trying to find special things just to kind of help these seniors and our kids kind of stay up. So being able to create and have the time to create, you know, our, and work on our social media a little bit more and keep kids engaged because that's how we have to do it. Um, it's kind of it's, it's been fun, been fun to be able to create some new things. Um, Created that video after we did the light up Iowa Friday night. That was so cool. I sat for two hours yesterday getting every picture I could off of Twitter, and then putting in that the video and editing that um, and putting some graphics with it and music. And uh, so it's been fun to learn some new things to do too. So you know, just use the time and make the most of it when you can. I guess. All right, Chris. We put our we put the heavy hitter third. That's probably where you always hit Manning Baseball, uh, was the third spot. We put the heavy guy there, so you're hitting third. What's up with you? Um, the what's up with me is,
3: so the last month, to yesterday was actually a month since sports were canceled, NCAA-wise. Um, so, you know, we've had a lot of time to really, as a department, think about what we're going to do, um, how we're going to do things down the road. and. Um, you know, it's kind of given us a roadmap and a plan to execute and and implement all these things we want to do. So for me, like the what the what's up has been just the collaboration that I've been able to I've got I have a new position here kind of at Purdue. I'm the director of social media in addition to um my basketball duties. And so like I've been able to collaborate a lot more with the people that I'm working with. Um you know, and we're being able to plan for our future and plan what what we're gonna do and how do we take that next step from being a really good social media account to like a great account. Um, you know, we I've done a lot of scoping out in, in universities about who does really good stuff um, because social media is a passion of mine and it's something that I really enjoy being a part of. So the goal for us is to go from here to here and this last month, you know, I've really been able to to figure out how we're going to do that once everything returns to normal. So that's been um, it's been really encouraging for me, and I can't wait until this whole lockdown and quarantine is over because I'm ready to start really attacking what we're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Good,
1: Scott. What's up, man? Well, I, I've got I've got a couple. Number one, I want to thank Todd for bringing that light up Iowa uh, promo. Um, that was really um, a cool experience for, you know, our kids and our coaches. And um, you'd be amazed how many people I just had just pull up into the parking lot and just sit there and watch the lights come on. So it was, it was um, I, I, don't, I don't know how to put it, kind of almost healing a little bit that uh, our kids and our, our community saw the lights on at the stadium. We had a lot of people call and say, what's going on? The lights of the stadium are on. But um, we had a lot of great comments on our social media. Um, as did, I'm sure a lot of ADs from across the state. But um, what a great way to recognize our kids. And, and I know a lot of them are missing their sport. So that was really cool. So thanks, Todd, for
0: the
1: promotion. That was really cool. Yeah. I think a lot of neat things happened across uh, our state because of that. So thank you. And then my, uh, my other up was we had our uh, coaching PD with uh, Rob Miller from Proactive Coaching on Friday, and we had about 60 coaches that were involved in that. And um, it was really an awesome um, time to spend with our coaching staff. And Rob did a great job of engaging our coaches, although we couldn't be together like our plan was um, for three hours in the afternoon we had a great an hour conversation. Our coaches were really engaged and um, really getting better. And, and I know we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks on just utilizing the time we've had to better ourselves and to improve our, our craft of coaching and, and being an athletic administrator. So that was really a neat experience to share that with our coaches. Um, even though it was Zoom, got to see faces and and interact with some coaches and, and learn about what they're doing and, and what we're going to do differently when we get back. So it was nice. Good
0: stuff. All right. coming back around to you, Aaron.
2: All right. So what's down for me? Well, you know, I've been worried about, I've been worried about this, um, on a couple different levels. Uh, this is actually kind of a serious one. Um, the, uh, with all the online learning that's being expected or going on right now, whether it's voluntary or required. um, And and in our world, I guess, you know, Todd, you talked about the senior, uh, you talked about the senior uh, spotlights and things like that. And I think a lot of us have got a lot of great ideas. We're going to execute those ideas on how we recognize those seniors in different ways at different times. Um, But I'm starting to feel this pressure and we're we're starting to get emails sent into us of, hey, did you see what school X is doing for their senior spring athletes? Did you see what school Y is doing to teach their students and, and, and make available to their students? Why isn't our school district doing that? And yeah. I get concerned about the social media uh, comparison game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When we're all trying to navigate this and figure this out, and, we might, and, and we've all got great plans, and they might be a little different than what the school district next to us is doing or the AD next to us is doing. And, well, I like what you did, but boy, did you see what that Centennial AD And I'm like, Scott, you jerk. <laughs> um, um, I, I just I worry about that in the next few months. Um, the, we're all going to have positive intentions or good intentions, and and we're going to get compared. Um, whether it's te- fourth grade teachers, junior or you know junior high teachers, AP US history teachers, or ads. Um, and I hope some folks will have just some patience and, and some understanding that everybody's doing a little bit differently, um, but it's all from a, a place of, of gratitude and love and care for our kids.
0: Yeah. Right. And mine's the exact same. And I'm just—I'm just, I'm just going to use the word grace because, um, you know, I, I think it, it, you are exactly right. I mean, the biggest thing we all need to be is ourselves, and uh, our strengths are our strengths. My strengths aren't yours. My strengths aren't Scott's. His aren't mine. His aren't yours. Um, and I think our people need to. Just realize that as well. And I think that's a message we can maybe get out too. I liked our superintendent, our admin meeting last Tuesday morning. The first thing he said, he said, take a damn breath. Yeah. You know, just take a deep breath because everyone, teachers are uptight about how we're going to do this, how we're going to get this out. And he just told everybody, take a breath, just breathe. And, uh, And that's what he said, too. He said, just be who you are and don't try to be anything out of this that you aren't. You know, just it's not going to be perfect. Um, But I I think that's that's the way I was going to, Aaron, was just, uh, you know, give everybody grace. Uh, I don't like the people who are hypercritical of our leadership, Um, not ours. I'm talking about mainly the governor who's all over the governor um, in our state. And, uh, you know, we just need to give leadership the opportunity to – we don't sit in our seat. I don't sit in my superintendent's seat, and I don't want to.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) But the best thing I can offer is just to help when I can and just kind of go with the decisions that go because they're navigating the same way we are. So, about you, Chris? Got any downs out there? Well, I mean,
3: I'm not going to pile on here, but – you know, we're kind of in the same boat as as what's been said here already. Um, you know, we we don't know how long this thing's gonna go on. Um, so when we started to attack with our social media attitude and plan with, you know, in mid-March here and late March, like we were a go, 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 go. Like we gotta do stuff. We gotta do stuff. And it just wasn't feasible. Um, you know, our student athletes weren't around. They were all home. Our coaches were at home. They weren't coming into the office. We don't have a lot of access to them. So it's really hard to, to do things when you don't have access to them. And because of it, you know, we just keep coming up with more and more ideas of stuff. We, and I'm like, guys, like we need to relax because we could be talking about doing stuff in late May here still. So, um, you know, it was really hard on me. And I I had like, I had a lot of, just social boredom almost. And, you know, you look on, I'm on Twitter a lot. Um, and you look on Twitter and everybody's doing the exact same things. And it's like, what can you do to set yourselves up? So we're not just going to add to the noise and do what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, you know, we're going to try and find new ways to do it. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's the boat I'm in. I said, you know, earlier my up is that I'm really excited about the collaboration, but, we need stuff to start happening again for things to like that to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm just, me in general, I'm worried about, you know, from a division one standpoint with NCAA football, big 10 football, you know, if, if football's not played this year, there's a lot of people that are going to lose jobs. And that really worries me because, you know, you're going to lose a lot of money as an institution. And it, it's, um, you know, it's a frightening thing. So, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's on my mind. I don't, I hope it doesn't come to that, but you know, we'll see what happens, I guess.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure. Scott. Uh, I'm going to, mine's similar to Todd. I mean, it's kind of similar to everybody's, but I had a Zoom call with Jim McClowry today from Wisconsin and we had a good discussion and we kind of talked again about our strategic plans. But we were both talking about what are we going to need to do when we get back? And it kind of gave me a little bit of a, uh, just a tinge of like anxiousness because it's the one time in my career I can honestly say I don't even know what we're going to need to do for our coaches and for our kids. I mean, I'd like to say we're just going to go back and everything's going to go right back to normal. But I don't know that that's going to be true. I think there's going to be a lot of different things we're going to be dealing with and thinking about. And um, just today, I was on my on my daily walk, my my five mile
2: walk. Just take a walk, get, God.
1: Kicked out of the house and get out of here because you're driving me crazy. Um, walk, and I was just thinking about um, just getting anxious, thinking about what do I need to have done. That I don't already have done or what new things am I going to have to worry about that I don't know um so it's a little bit just that uncertainty of what it looks like um and again what do we're going to need to do what are we need to going to do as ad's to help our student athletes to help our coaches and then just logistically what's it going to look like when we get back
0: yeah I think that's something we're going to have to discuss statewide you know, I think we can, in the podcast, maybe get a guest on or two to talk about that. But I was talking to somebody, another AD, just a little bit ago, and he was asking if we were going to have a statewide AD Zoom call again. I said, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of maybe see what the governor said some different feelings too so well thanks everyone for uh, hopping in there again not much happening so we're kind of reaching but uh, uh, I think those are real concerns and I think uh, that's real stuff so I appreciate everybody doing that well Chris now we're going to get into uh, the meat and potatoes and uh, we're going to put you on the chair up in front it's kind of like a dating game you get to set up in front of us and we're going to fire at you and uh, okay we kind of rotate around here. Scott, uh, you're going to take the first question with Chris.
1: Chris, well, you you grew up in an outstanding community of Manning, Iowa. Um, just a very supportive school system, um, and having you know a family, you know, very intricately involved in your community. How did your background and your participation in education-based athletics help to prepare you for this journey that you've been on as a an SAD at a a large major university? Um.
3: It was kind of funny, like growing up, um, I didn't really want to work in sports that much. Um, I was really interested in meteorology, and I still am. Um, I'm getting feedback on myself here, I think maybe anyway i I was really interested in meteorology and I still am, and when I grow up, I still want to be a meteorologist so um, <laughs> But anyway, so I went to school with, you know, no intentions of, of working in athletics. Um, but then, you know, I kind of, when I got to school, I, I struggled with the meteorology part of it. So I changed to environmental studies and then I changed to exercise science and I needed a job and I got into, you know, writing and stuff. And from there it took off. But, you know, kind of looking back at it, I was always really good with numbers and stats. And so it just kind of fed into it. Um, my brother is, he runs baseballreference.com, So he, you know, is obviously into it as well. Um, and and it's just, you know, kind of looking back at it now, it's just something that I think, um, you know, I realized that I wanted to be in athletics my whole life. And, um, you know, once you get in it, it's hard to get in. And then once you get in, you don't want to leave really, um, just because you know the connections that you make and the the experiences that you have, um, I've been to incredible places because of basketball. Um, I've been to Taipei for two weeks. I've been to Spain, Cancun, um, Madison Square Garden. You know, for that I would never go if I you know if it weren't for basketball. So um, you know, it's just really um, you know being in a family that that really prided themselves in athletics. My dad being a football coach, I guess, you know, it just kind of instilled that in me growing
2: up. Thanks, Chris. Yep. So Chris, when you were kind of telling us your story, um, you mentioned that you were at the U S Naval Academy and and got to spend, I think you said nine years there. Was that correct? Yep. yep. Um, what an amazing place to, to be, to, uh, to learn about leadership and about process and, and and all those things we talk about. So what are some of the lessons that you learned there that have stuck with you um, and and maybe things we can apply to our everyday lives that you can share with us?
3: You know, a lot of it was, I think, the leadership. um, Accountability, a lot, was really stressed there that, um, you know, every decision you make has a reaction. So um, that's kind of what they stress to their student-athletes. That's what Coach Tuchelis always stressed to, you know, his players and the previous coach, Coach Lang, always mentioned that. Um, he's at St. Joseph's now. So um, it was just stuff that, you know, you really learned. And coming to Purdue, we have great student-athletes. And you, you're from the Naval Academy. They call you sir. They, the the amount of respect that they just treated everyone with is something that, you know, I hope that I can carry on here and with my family and with our student-athletes. and. Um, you know, it was just an incredible experience, just, you know, being around that and, and seeing how they operate and how detailed oriented and how, how much pride they have in everything they did. So, um, that, those were the biggest takeaways I think I got from there. Just, you know, live your, live every, these guys aren't going pro, you know, they're, they're going to go defend your country. So, you know, they played with so much pride and, um, the one thing that that I'll always tell our players now, you know, no one ever says, "Man, I played hard enough." You know, when I'm when I'm done playing, I, I played up as hard as I could. No one really ever says that. They say, "I wish I would have played harder," or "I wish I would have done this," or "I wish I would have done that." So, um, that's kind of the one thing that I I really learned there is that you know, just have pride in everything you do and and be a leader and be accountable for every action you have. I love that accountability piece. Thanks for sharing that.
0: Hey, Chris, follow up on that just a minute. You always, I heard you talk before about the Army-Navy game and that experience. Um, just tell us what that's like to experience the Army-Navy game.
3: Um, it, it's unlike any Uh, sporting event I've ever been to Um, I remember my first year would have been 2004 and you just get chills it's like it's probably a six-hour day of chills um, just from what you what you experience and and knowing some of the student athletes that that compete in it Um, you know when they do the march on and the the brigade and you know the Corps of Cadets and the flyovers and they have exchange students and the president's there. And I mean, it is just, it's, it's America's event. Everyone should go to at least one army Navy game in their life because um, you know, these are, these are the student athletes that are doing everything the way they should and and living their life the way they should. And um, you know, protecting us so that we can do the things we love. So um, you know, it, it was just, it's a moving experience just to, to be there once. And I was fortunate enough to be there probably seven or eight times, I think. And um, every game, every time I win, it it's just a unique experience and, and one you'll never forget.
0: That's awesome. So now you've been at Purdue University and working with Coach Matt Painter. Um, one, what's his leadership style like? And what does he do consistently that makes him one of the best coaches in the country? Um, You know, he's very
3: honest, um, which I think, you know, he gets a lot of um, not necessarily ridicule, but a lot of, um, you know, a little grief for being honest because he tells his players exactly how it is. Um, You know, when he's recruiting players, he doesn't give them anything. He doesn't guarantee them anything. He just says, you know, you're going to come in and work. and. You know, some guys don't want to hear that. And, you know, it's, um, you know, so they they don't become interested in it. So he, he made a decision. We had a couple of bad years before I get right before I got here. Um, my first year here at Purdue, we finished last in the big 10. And I remember his, his press conference from senior day. We had just gotten beat by Northwestern by 10 or so at home, finished last in the big 10 and he said, "This isn't a school district. I recruited these kids. I have to get it fixed." And that like really, you know, meant something to me because he came off the Ichwan Moore and Robbie Hummel era and Jawan Johnson, and you know, they were great and they made Sweet Sixteens. And Robbie Hummel gets hurt. If he doesn't get hurt, they go to a Final Four, maybe win it all. And he thought he could recruit a different kind of player, and he was aiming higher. He was aiming for like top thirty, top forty guys, which you know, sometimes come with problems. And he wasn't getting them, so he had to resort to different kind of players than he wanted to recruit. And in 2014, he recruited a class of four players who none of them were ranked in the top 100. They're all 125, 150 range, but they stayed together for four years and they completely changed the culture. And he, they recruited Purdue guys. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned. Like he has a set of guys that he has guys that he goes after because they're Purdue guys, they're work hard, they're under the radar. And, you know, he just hold, he just, he doesn't sugarcoat anything and he'll tell you like it is. And, um, you know, his honesty approach is really refreshing to me.
2: Can, can I follow up on that with you real quick? Um, We've got, all of us have got coaches, I'm putting the AD hat on with this. Um, you know, we've got those coaches who are known, to they're, they're the honest, just straightforward, tell it like it is, um, make kids uncomfortable uh, coaches, and they'll get a lot of people coming at them, as I imagine, at that level. Uh, it always surprises us, but college coaches get the same grief high school coaches get. Um, how does he manage, or maybe, how does the athletic department, the AD, and the folks around Coach Painter, when he is really honest. And these kids do get upset because they're not getting what they want. And he's like, no, you're going to do the work and do the grind. And that's, and and you're going to do things. You're going to, I'm going to build you into Purdue guys. How does the leadership around him support him? And I'm asking that from a perspective of how do we, as ADs, from what you've seen there with that type of coach, support our coaches who have parents coming at us saying they're too tough on our kids. And what have you seen that we could take away?
3: Um, you know, like Coach Painter, to me, like his success kind of speaks a lot for it, in that he can he can kind of act like that and treat you know be like that. Um, you know, if he wasn't successful, I don't know if it would if it would work with you know our AD and and our staff. But um, he's just kind of he's got a plan of how he wants to do it, and you know, right now there's there's such a culture and call of the transfer culture, and everyone's transferring and. Um, we just had one recently announced, you know, it was a major one for us. But the last three years, four years, he's our first transfer since that we've had. And there's 800 transfers a year, which is over two a year or two per school. So I think the guys get here, you know, he recruits them and he's honest. And then they get here and they realize, hey, you know, he's not lying. This is the way he is. And I'm not going to get it any better anywhere else. Um, because if I go somewhere else, then I may get lied to, I may get treated this way. I know what I have to do to get better and to get on the court and stuff. So, um, you know, I think that the athletic department is extremely supportive of him. Um, he's had parents come to him and say, you know, what can, you know, why isn't my kid playing more and he'll, he needs to do this, this, and this, and this. And when he starts to improve on that and, you know, he'll get on the floor. So. Um, I think his honesty is just, it's probably his best trait to me.
2: Sounds like he's built up just a level of respect by being consistent with that. That people understand that, that you may not, it it might be tough, but, but it's for the better for you and for the team down the road to stick with. So thank you.
3: And he, he does a really good job recruiting kids from good families. Um, that's a huge part of, of the success. Um, you know, I mentioned the class of 2015, we had four guys and all four of them were from really good families. They were under the radar kids, but they fit what he wanted and, and kind of the way he wanted to play. Um, so it just, from that class on, it's really just, he's just stayed true to, to what he's wanted to do.
0: And the lesson I take from that, Chris, is, you know, kind of what we talk about a lot Is just, he is. He tried, he got away from who he was, and then now he's back to who he is. And he's getting the kids that are the kids he likes to mold. And uh, I love to watch Purdue play. I love their passion. They play so hard. Um, Even when they whooped the Hawkeyes twice this year, they earned it. And there was no, the Hawkeyes had no answer for him. They were just unbelievable, especially out there. My goodness gracious. Anyway, I digress. Um, but I love to watch him play. I love to watch him play. I love this. That's a great, great thing there. So I'm going to follow up with that question too. And I want you to tell us, uh, your favorite, uh, one of your favorite stories that you've had at Purdue in your time there.
3: (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, win the big 10 championships, um, 2017 and 2019 are pretty cool. Um, last year's elite eight run was great. Um, sadly, probably my, one of my, the memory that sticks with me the most is from the elite eight game. And so I was sitting at half court in the second row of press and Carson Edwards hits a three. We go up two with about a minute left. Virginia comes down, misses a shot. We come down, shoot, miss it, get the rebound. With about 17 seconds left. And at that point, I leave my seat and I go to the end of the court to, in case CBS needs, you know, a guy like right away or whatever. So I'm standing next to Allie LaForce and Ryan Klein makes the first free throw. We go up three, 17 seconds left. She looks at me, grabs my arm, and says, Chris, you guys are so close. And I'm like, Allie, relax. Like, Stop! It's like, we're Purdue. This is, you know, it's not over yet. She's like, we missed the second free throw. They come down. We found five seconds left. hit the miracle finish, you know. And, like, at that time, my heart just dropped because I've said, I'm never going to a Final Four until I work one because that's, like, that's my ultimate goal is to make a Final Four. And she looks at me and she, like, I mean, the biggest puppy dog. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like (laughs) – not your fault. Um, so I went back and sat down and then we lost in overtime, but, um, you know, the, probably the, in my first NCAA tournament, um, 2015 was, was really special because I had never been to one. I wanted to work one. So, um, 2018 was great. We went 30 and seven and we got to number three in the country and, um, won 19 games in a row. And that was, that was really cool. So, um, you know, I'm just waiting for that one year that we do make the final four and that, you know, that'll definitely be the the number one experience in my life. Yeah. Um, I also work men's golf. So like we've made the national championships three times since I've been here. And um, one of them was in the regional round. We we advanced. There was we finished third, but the top five teams go and we finished, you know, three shots ahead of like seventh place. So the last five holes, you know, you're just, you're on pins and needles and you're hitting refresh on golf stat on your phone, like nonstop. So, you know, that was pretty cool too. Um, so we've, I've had a lot of really, really cool experiences here and um just still just waiting for that, for that final four one, which yeah, it'll a lot help. of people waiting for. It's been 40 years. So hmm. uh, just trying to get there back to it. Yeah.
1: Hey Chris, it's Scott here again. Um, we talked to our, you know, ads um, across the country about the importance of telling your story and why that's important to to college and high school sports. But tell us about the importance of your role as a sports information director at Purdue and how that impacts, and how you feel that impacts the culture um, at Purdue, and, and how, and what that does. What does that your writing and what you do for your teams really affect? that culture for each of the teams you write for.
3: Um, probably our, our biggest thing that we're really trying to get into now is, is about building your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is social media education because we're telling, you know, we tell our, our student athletes that employers will look at your social media accounts. And if there's any red flags, you're not getting hired. Yep. So that that's kind of our biggest thing. Um, we do a lot of stuff. I'll pitch stories to, to national media and and all that, but probably one of the biggest things that, that we're doing is trying to get our guys to kind of tell their own stories and whether it be through, you know, their Twitter posts or Instagram posts or, or, um, community service events that they might do. Um, just, you know, trying to be good citizens and, and good student athletes. And, um, so that, that's, um, You know, I think that's the most important thing facing, you know, high school and and college age kids right now, Um, especially on my level, the new name image likeness thing that's going to be coming down at some point, um, whatever that is. So, um, we're just trying to, we're trying to do a better job preparing all of our student athletes for life after college rather than in college. more now so you know it's um just education and and you know just being there for them and and helping them tell their stories
1: now do you guys how do you guys educate your student athletes do you put them s- through some sort of you know media curriculum or how do you teach those kids that that's a uh, something i was always really interested in
3: we will bring in um some outside speakers occasionally um, maybe once a year, um, trying to do it, you know, in August or September early in the year. And then I will meet, um, before the season with every single one of our student athletes or that I work with, with basketball and golf and just say, you know, this is kind of what we're looking for. This is what we do. Um, if you have any questions, you know, we're here for you, obviously we're here to help you. We're here to build your brand. And, um, You know, just kind of showing them what we can do for them and and how we can help them, you know, further strengthen um, their personal identity and their personal brand.
1: Thank you. That's good stuff.
2: Chris, I got a while we're on the the telling your story piece. So you mentioned earlier, you've got a passion for the social media. So if you can, um, what what do you feel? What's your favorite social media platform? Uh, for either telling your story or for encouraging the student athletes to tell theirs. What what do you like best? What's one of your favorite?
3: Um, I like Twitter the best, um, just because it's real time and um, there, and it it's just where I get most of my information. Um, Instagram is more of a a fun platform. Um, Facebook is kind of a news thing and. Um, you know, what, what we post to get information out. But, but Twitter to me is just, it's, um, you know, you can provide everything that, that you need on it. Um, we've told, you know, we post videos all the time and and graphics and, and pictures and, um, it's just, it's just real time and it can bring so many people together. Um, you know, it's like the world's biggest sports bar to me. Um, I've met, I've, I know a lot of people that I've met from Twitter, um, that I've never met. And I just, you know, they're like my best friends, which is kind of sad too, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I've got great relationships with these people I've never met. And, um, but no, it's, um, I just I just really enjoy the, the act, the real time aspect of it. I think, um, unfortunately, Twitter news dies in, in about three hours, usually too. So, um, you just kind of got to stay with it and, and you know, but I that's probably my favorite right now.
2: Okay. That's my favorite too. It's maybe it's because it's what I understand the most, or at least I think I understand the most. All right. Uh, next question. If you could go, and this is one of our favorite questions to ask our guests. Um, if you could go back and talk to a young Chris Foreman, uh, maybe even pre-Todd Gordon times back in Manning, we'll if you go back and talk to a young Chris Foreman just starting out from Central College, so we'll go there, uh, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now?
3: Uh, work harder. I mean, that's, you know, my freshman year at Central, I I came in thinking I knew everything. And on the basketball court, in the classroom, everything. And I learned real quick that I didn't. So, um, you know, just don't take it for granted and work hard. You know, just work hard. You can have fun. You know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, whatever. You can have fun, but you know, Monday through Friday, you're in the classroom. You got to work at it and, and have pride in it.
2: Do you have a, a, a moment, uh, or do you remember thinking, looking over your shoulder and thinking, "Holy crap, I'm I'm not I'm not pulling my weight around here." I mean, that moment where you're like, "I'm not getting this done," and, and I've got to pick it up.
3: Yeah. And when I was at, um, I've had two of them actually, when I was at central on um, my freshman year, my, my grades weren't good. I mean, I was slacking. I wasn't good. And, um, I came back my sophomore year and I, I started to work hard, but I remember my coach, my JV coach, George Wears, saying something to the team about being on probation, academic probation, like in front of everyone. And I was like, man, like that hit me. Um, and then after that, like, you know, it it got to me. So, um, I remember that, that moment pretty good. It was, you know, one day after practice or something. So, um, and then when I was at the Naval Academy, my first year, I was working lacrosse. I was a secondary lacrosse contact and I, I wasn't having a good time. I didn't like it. I wasn't having fun. And I faked a sickness to this, cause I didn't want to go to a road game and I just, I didn't want to be there. And I remember my boss Monday like told me like, Hey, can you start picking it up? And then, you know, that kind of got to me too. So, um, from that moment on, I, you know, I think I've been pretty solid, but those were two pretty humbling moments for me and being well, unemployed pretty- at UMass when I didn't get that <laughs> job either. I've had three. Yeah. Um, I mean that's like that's the most humbling thing when you when there's three people for two jobs and you're the one man out and and you're unemployed and I mean I remember applying to a job at Target because I needed something you know and that was
1: you
3: know it's hum, it's a humbling experience it's a humbling profession yeah. to be in because it can it can get to you really quickly.
2: Well, I, I appreciate you answering that. That's a and showing that vulnerability. I think just that's something as, um all of us in in the roles we're in in terms of being leaders and working with young people is we need to remember those moments we've had and recognize them in the young people we're influencing and and use our experiences to to say hey been there done that um and try to steer in the right direction um my wife, th- it, oh go ahead
3: i think a lot of people like think negative experiences are are really harmful and bad for you but they, I mean, they make you who you are and they make you realize what you have and what it takes to, to be successful. So um, I think I've used, you know, hopefully I've used all three of those experiences to to my benefit and um, you know, hopefully I'll never have to go through them again, obviously.
2: My wife will appreciate the George Ware story. She played softball for him at at central and you talked about brutally honest coaches, I think in that category. But he,
3: but he was one like, you know, I wasn't, I started my J on JV, my sophomore year. And I mean, a lot of credit goes to him because he really, I mean, he and I clicked and he, he got to me and he was, um, he was a pretty influential figure for me at central.
2: Cool.
0: It's a good one. Well, you answered the uh, first question we give all of our guests. Now here's the second one. And uh, so Chris, when you wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor, What's your why? What gets you going? On a normal normal year when things are going, but uh, now maybe more than ever, but what's your why? What really gets you going?
3: Um, you know, I just want to make a positive impact, I think. Um, you know, just with everyone that I work with and, and our student athletes, and I just want to be there for people. Um, you know, that that's probably my biggest thing is that you know, I want to make a difference to to whoever, whether it be through social media or media interviews, or or with my family or my kids, and um, you know, just someone that that I can be leaned upon, and, and you know, that someone that people can come to for advice or help, or or for a coffee or whatever. Um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what I want my purpose to be. I think
0: that's good. I have no doubt you're good at it too. So, well, that's the six. And uh, we're going to close. I just want to, you know, go back a couple years. And um, of course, I think we were all two years ago impacted by Tyler Trent and that journey that he kind of took us on uh, with the Purdue football team. Um, And if you can, Chris, just speak a little bit about what impact you kind of felt through that time i mean this is something we don't want to recreate or anything but i I, he had such a such an impact on living your life for the moment and really not worrying about things that that we worry about um you know when he was in his final months there um he had a quote and I'm, i'm gonna read it um He did an interview on the Big Ten Network, and I remember replaying this so I could write it all down. And he said, everyone is battling something to some degree. I would say that everyone has cancer to some degree, whether their cancer is a mental illness, depression, or something along those lines. I would say take time out of your day to listen to others, respect them as you listen to them, and support them in any way you can as a friend, because you never know where people are, are And you never know what listening can do and how it can uplift them. I mean, such wisdom from a a 20-year-old young man. Um, I know know, we talked a little bit before. you, You did meet him a couple times. But overall, the impact that you saw that have on Purdue University, the football team, and the athletic program as you experienced that being at Purdue.
3: Uh, He, I mean, he was just an inspiration um, to to everyone that that was affiliated with Purdue um, that knew him. Um, He never said, you know, why me? He never took, never had blame for anything. Um, Tried to live his life to the fullest every day that he could, and it was it was really remarkable to see. In that, you know, here's a kid that couldn't walk anymore. He couldn't, and he was still out there you know, cheering for Purdue and doing what he and, you know, being the best role model and the best supporter that he could be. And, um, you know, I'll never forget that Ohio State game when he said, you know, I'm going to be there for that game. And that morning he was sick. Um, He was really sick, didn't think he was going to make it. And they said about three o'clock, he started to feel better. And he's like, I'm going. And you know, I just think when our when our players saw that on the field, you know, saw him on the sidelines and heard he was coming, they're like, "Man, we got to win this for Tyler." And then to see him in the locker room after the game with David Blau, um who's our quarterback was, you know, it was just a really really special moment. Um, you know, and he just he embodied what a lot of Purdue fans and what we try to try to envision ourselves are. Um, we're really blue collar. We're a hardworking bunch. Um, you know, we're fighters. We're going to fight till the end, and that's what Tyler did. And I think he kind of, um, you know, he symbolized what what our entire student student body and and our athletic department's about. So um, I remember in March 2018, he had he had his cancer, and he flew out. He was a writer for our student newspaper, and he flew out to the big 10 tournament and he's on crutches, you know, doing his job with cancer and no one, you know, no one knew anything, you know, I mean, they knew he had cancer, but they didn't know, they wouldn't know him from Adam or, you know, whatever. So and he's just out there doing his job. And so, um, you know, I think that's what really sticks with me about Tyler is that he just, he just, it wasn't about him, you know, it was about cancer and the fight that he wanted to help in helping people to def- V cancer.
0: Great. Thank you. Yep. Um, Scott, any final comments for Chris or before we sign off?
1: All right, Chris, I just want to thank you for being with us tonight. Um, picked up some really good uh, stuff for, for me to use as an athletic director. So thank you for being with us. Um, it's great to hear that uh, Todd had such a huge impact on you. Those are neat stories to hear. and. Uh, It's why we do what we do. So um, you are the reason why uh, us ADs do what we do because we know that you guys go on, our student athletes go on and and do amazing things uh, far beyond what uh, we have probably even thought that our kids would go and do, but uh, they continue to do amazing things. So thank you for what you do. Uh, Thank you for what you do at Purdue and and you'll continue to do in the future. So appreciate you being with us.
3: Thanks, Scott. Appreciate that.
2: So I I tell you, thanks for being on, um, Chris. Really appreciate it. And I'm sitting here, I'm I'm stuck on a statement you just made as you were talking about what your why is. Um, That's really, for some reason, just really striking me. So um, you said you want, as a part of your why and part of who you want to be, you said you want to be someone who can be leaned upon. Um, What a great statement Um, I find that to be and I'm sitting here just thinking about that and I'm asking the question, am I that person? And I think sometimes, yes. I think sometimes I'm caught up in my own little world and feeling sorry for myself for all the things I've got going on. And I don't think I catch the moments as well as I need to sometimes, but that they need, I needed to be somebody who could be leaned upon and I wasn't. And so I just want to say thanks for that statement. It's a, a tremendously reflective statement for, I think all of us in leadership positions to, to think, Day to day, on was I somebody that could be, that could be leaned on today because that's my job. So thank you, I appreciate that. Well, thank you, appreciate that.
0: for your Twitter handle, because I know we got some people who will want to follow you on Twitter because you are a great follow. Um, so what what can they follow? Like oh,
3: if you, if you like Purdue information, I'm a good follow sometimes.
0: Well, you uh, need to follow him.
3: <laughs> it's uh, just at Foreman, F-O-R-M-A-N.
0: Keep it simple. So, yep. well, Chris,
3: I noticed, so I had a couple friends that had just their last names and I knew a guy at Twitter and I looked and the at Foreman was held by someone who didn't tweet since like 2010. And so I reached out to him and said, Hey, can I get this? And he's like, done. So <laughs> my, my brother, Sean was pretty jealous about that. So,
0: and are you um, verified?
3: What's that? Are you verified? I am not, no, no, I, I didn't, I didn't get the, um, the rush when everyone was getting verified. And now it's really difficult to get verified on Twitter. So
0: yeah,
3: I am not verified yet.
0: Well, cool. Well, again, thank you. And, uh, you know, we're going to try and get your brother on, too. That'll be something where I've talked to him a little bit, too, and that'll be a, a fun conversation, too. But um, I'm glad you were here. And, again, I'm really proud of you and happy for you. You're doing great work, and I have no doubt we're going to see you in that final four at some point because uh, I, I just love how you described who Purdue is, um, you know, and uh, the fighters. And it, it, it is. I mean, that's exactly how we've grown up. Watching Purdue from the Gene Katie days all the way up to now, um, that's true. And it, I, it's very admirable. So uh, continued success. Blessings to you and your family. Uh, stay healthy. Best to your mom and dad. They're winners, too. And they got uh, they've put out a couple good kids. So um, everyone out there, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And uh, be blessed, everyone. Thanks, coach.